listening to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Uh, hi, I'm, I'm laughing at a, at a um, I'm sorry, a cat video. <laughs> oh, God bless it. I was in a really lousy mood, and this is the first laugh I've had. I Sorry. God bless cat and dog videos. God bless them. I don't know where I'd be without them. Hello there. Welcome to the program. It's June 18th. How the hell that happened, I don't know. It's Tuesday, and my sister is joining us. Susan, hi. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Sorry. It's a great little video. Sorry. That's nice. I was watching, I was reading, there was there was something that came across my feed that was this beautiful cat saying sweet things, and then lastly, that was something really nasty about Trump. It was just a gay trade. <laughs> 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 that one had me laughing for a really long time. <laughs> oh, God. Well, blissfully, this one does not in any way mention he whose name shall not be, you know. Shall not be, right. Uh, uttered. Speaking of cats, though, did you see the, um, God, it was even in the New York Times today, that this this study that's come out about the face dogs make at us? No? There's a, the, 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 the face that I makes. I didn't hear. What? The face that dogs make at us? Yeah. No, no. Okay. Well, it actually has a name. I mean, that uh, um, evolutionary psychologists who knew there was such a field. Yes, evolutionary psychologists. Oh, I knew that. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. And um, and anatomists um, have discovered that um, dogs have a have a little muscle. Uh, that allows them to make their eyebrows. <laughs> you don't think of dogs having eye. They dogs have eyebrows that make. Yeah, my dog it definitely does. Yeah, yes. that makes make them go up in the middle. Yeah, that makes them go, go. up, and that look right. that that allows them to do is a look that forever makes their human uh, pals say. Ah, and you know what? And what do you? You know, we just completely melt at what this little muscle does to their faces. And wolves and dogs, if you dissect their their musculature and their heads, they have exactly the same musculature except for that little muscle. So wolves can't make that that sweet little pleading, I'm so cute, you need to help me. No, they, evolution didn't require them to do it, but dogs needed to right. ingratiate themselves to, uh, to humans. And they found that some, uh, well, I'm sure there's a lot more research, but some Siberian huskies do not have this uh, muscle either. And they were, uh, it's believed, uh, of value to humans because of their, you know, their ability to pull a sled through snow and not necessarily looking cute or doing that awe look. Um, right. But, 
but and almost he, and, all- and you know that that Michael Fox has long you know the 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 guy that became very fam- famous as the first anim- animal behavioralist and that uh, 1000 years ago taught at Washington University when I was there and I Okay took but the just to, just to just to say it's not Michael Fox the actor No 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 okay, no Okay cuz when no, you say no, Michael he, Fox that's who what people think of Right? Oh, but yeah, I never put that together that they were the same name. Maybe I'm pulling up the wrong name, and it wasn't Fox. Maybe it wasn't Michael. Anyway, <laughs> his um, he did he studied wolves for years and years yeah. and years. Yeah. And in and you know was trying desperately at that point to get people. He was one of the first save the wolves, stop killing them. They're 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 basically just dogs. Dogs. They're feral dogs. And 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 we didn't bother to 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 domesticate the wolf, but we could have. Yeah. So and, anyway. Um, it, yeah. Oh, so right. So they the the they actually are calling um this this look. It now has a a scientific name. Who knew that looks that dogs have have names? And the name uh, that gets us all that lift of the brow in a dog is called AU101. <laughs> don't know. Whole articles have been written about it. And it says that here that horses have uh, facial movements similar to dogs. I don't think of horses. Well, really? No, but, that, but people, people that are horse people, you can tell that they have the same relationship with a horse. favored horse and that it is a lot about them looking at each other in the eyes and talking to each other and faces against faces. It's a lot of that. But you that can't look at a, hor- a horse's eyes are on two different sides. You know, you can't have that full-on gaze, can you, with a horse? Well, no, but they, you, but they look at you. They look at you. Anyway, it says here cats um, cats do not uh, move their faces at all. Cat, cat, and I was thinking they don't because they seem to me so expressive. But they don't, their expression, their ability to show disdain or even affection, it doesn't come from anything they're doing with their eyes, I guess. I don't, I don't, I don't buy this. I don't know. Anyway, that's it. Um, it says here the dogs who indulge their AU 101s and raise those eyebrows a lot are more readily adopted out of shelters. Of course. Well, I know that I got my my dog because of his eyes and the way he looked at me, and and he does do that. I mean, he literally wiggles his eye his eyebrows. I can, you know, he's very expressive. Yeah. And we have whole conversations, but that's I know, just I know. Me. So it just turns out that uh, they evolved. They somehow developed that muscle to get us, to make us well, their slaves. Well, and I slaves. think that's, that's why our mother has this relationship with my dog, because she talks to him, too, and he looks at her, and he waggles his eyebrows. I mean, he does. He, he absolutely talks back. Right. And I, and I see them. I see her talking to him all the time. Right. Doesn't that... Don't you think that's weird, knowing our mother? Yeah, our mother used to kick dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Run them over. Yeah, that one. Uh, yeah, well, she evolved, too. See, evolution just keeps keeps on a-coming. 
Oh, God. So, Susan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know what you're expecting from me. I'm just back from a funeral in uh, St. Louis. I'm I'm wiped. I bet. <laughs> I bet. A lot of too many damn funerals going on uh, these days. I guess a lot of them. I know. I know. It's hard not to get affected by it. <laughs> Actually, right. So, um, I don't know whether to go into this. Let's not. Let's. Can we avoid him for just a little bit? Sure. Okay. Good. Uh, there was a piece, and I guess I didn't quite know the extent of this stuff right now, that... You know, when we grew up and up until relatively recently, the whole idea of being an adult is that you, you know, you owned stuff, right? You owned a Right. Home, a home. Yeah, you grew up, you, you got married, you had a house and a yard and kids. Yeah. And, and maybe a dog. And maybe a dog. And um, kids today are less and less inclined uh, to do so, in part because they can't afford it. So home ownership is just not something that they think about or even aspire to. And it gets, I that I knew. But it turns out that there's also... I mean, they have nothing against renting, but now it turns out they rent a place to live, and they don't even buy furniture. They rent furniture. And I thought, oh my God, you know, rent from one of those horrible, you know, rent places you see, rent-a-center, Yeah. right? Right, right. Um, no. There's all these now. <laughs> I I didn't know about this. There's called well, you've probably heard of Rent the Runway. Have you heard right. of that? They do it. They do it with clothes all the time. Yeah. With clothes, they do it. So you want a f- fancy dress? You don't want to pay for a fancy. Come to think of it, Susan, maybe I should do that for some upcoming wedding. Well, you could. I'll rent the dress because. Rent you can you you call them up you they have they you you go you um they send you a bunch of stuff that you might be interested in and then you tell them what you're interested in they make sure it's there that day then you go and try it on and that, I mean I've I've done this with my daughter huh. you, you have to if you're going to do it right you have to give yourself plenty of advanced time so that you have time to go back and forth and them to have the stuff. It's not right, as right, right, easy right, right. as it sounds. Right, right, right. But it turns out that there's all of these amazing places now and that that is just the beginning. Um, there's a place called Furnish, F-E-R-N-I-S-H, where you pay a monthly fee and then you can rent your beds, your sofa, your everything you want, and um, and then you just turn it right back in. You subscribe for 3 to 12 months to these places. Um, and I, 
There's a whole. I would hate that. Well, I would just hate that. I mean, you know, so if you accidentally do something to it, you you're now responsible. You're going to be fined or in some way. I don't know. And how do you? And how do you? And why do you want to be moving? Basically, you don't all the ha- time having. Well, because that's the way their lives are. There's no job security anywhere. They pick up and move. Well, you that is to- true. That is true for people that pick up and move and the travel. The amount that I see everybody traveling for their jobs because it simply doesn't matter anymore. You don't have to go into an office. You don't have to live in the city where your job is. You just have to show up wherever in the world the meeting is. And and be enough of a self starter that you can do it on your own. Which I, you know, if I if I hadn't had an office with people glaring at me, I would have been, you know, wandering off all the time. I don't. I, that would have been very difficult for me. But it's the way people work now. And I mean, if you think about it, Lynn, how in a city like Chicago, a midwestern city, if you want to live within the city limits, and all sorts of people do. And you want to own your home, I'm telling you that the median price of a single-family home within the limits of the city of Chicago is probably around $950,000. And that's for a fixer-upper. Uh, or a No, that's, um, in, that's in certain neighborhoods, Susan. Well, I Come don't on. live in I... the classiest neighborhood, and in my neighborhood, every house that goes up for sale, single-family house, is one point two five million. Okay. And the rather and and the duplex up that that one of my children lives in, and bought several years ago, and it's in a hundred and ten-year-old building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and but it was it was nicely yeah. redone. But that thing ten years ago. They had to come up with over a half a million dollars. Okay, I but never, Susan, you know, Eric and I didn't sell our last house for that amount of money. Susan, I, I do not know how people are supposed to do this, and certainly not ever move into anything nicer. And this is with two working people who both have very good jobs. No, I I understand that, but I mean, I have driven through parts of Chicago that are like more working class neighborhoods with little homes that look like you know. Uh, like uh, neighborhoods in yeah, Green Bay, those what, houses what are not. And what, what do you imagine those cost? Because I don't you're know, wrong. but they don't cost nine hundred thousand dollars. They cost eight and nine hundred thousand dollars. You bet they do, because the people you think are living in those neighborhoods are not living in them anymore. I, blah, blah, blah. I don't. I just totally can't believe it. Anyway, we have a caller. Hello. Hello. Hey, Lynn, it's Mike in D.C. Mike in D.C. Hi, Susan. I am living, I am sitting in a $700,000 house that would cost $250 in Pittsburgh. See? Thank you, Mike. (laughs) And I am working from home because it's a a commuting or telework job. But that's not why I called. I called because I read an article from a job I was up for that talked about how they're calling the new generation um, Generation Alpha and X and Y, what all that all that group younger than much younger than me, that their objective is not to own things like you said, but to have experiences. Ooh! So they'll spend two hundred and fifty dollars on a concert, as opposed to spending two hundred and fifty dollars on a washing machine. I think they're because smart. To them, yeah, that's more important. I think they're right. 
We burdened ourselves with ridiculous. What? Don't you think I that's, think that's ridiculous? You think it's ridiculous? No, because that experience when you're 50 of you going to that concert with all your friends. You won't even remember won't, it, right? <laughs> you won't even know those friends 20 years from now. And you'll be going through whatever picture saying, who the hell was that? Right. Did I ever see? I never saw them. No. But I like the right. fact that they're not into the consumer stuff crap that we got hooked into. They, they're just a lot more bare bones and because they want to be more um able yeah, to because they don't have a and... choice they don't have a choice right okay <clears throat> and the danger is my house is appreciating in value as we sit here and talk on the phone that experience is gone and it's not going to appreciate in value it has no value after it's over except for your memory if you remember it but experience, when you said experience, I wasn't thinking of a concert. I was thinking of, you know, if you spend your money because you want to see the world or something, those kinds of experiences are of more value than a fucking, um, excuse me, uh, sofa or the, the, yeah, the nicest Yeah, but a sofa you sit on and have for 10 years. Huh? A concert, I, I, I just went to a Bill Maher concert. A friend of mine took me. She's not young, but she is. She does want to experience stuff. And the <laughs> ticket, no joke, was $245. Yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. I didn't pay for it. Yeah. I didn't pay for it. Yeah. But she didn't think twice about plopping down $500 for two tickets to see Bill Maher. I would no more do that than... No. Walk home to Pittsburgh. You can see him free on well, TV. Especially Bill Maher. Every Friday I mean, night. you know, you can turn him on and get aggravated <laughs> by him, you know, uh, for free. <laughs> <laughs> he really pisses me off because one second I totally agree with him, and the next second I think he's such an asshole. And I and I go, you know, this is exhausting. Well, but both are. But did you? And, both are true. Uh-huh. I mean, I think he's he's smart as hell. He's he's a uh, can be so wrong, I think, about some things, but he he provides. Um, I I like the fact that he has people on who don't agree with each other, and it's not like some screaming match. And I, it's smart people talking. I like that. No, I mean, no, I agree. I mean, that's why I watch him. But I find it's he free on HBO. Right, <laughs> right. I agree. I'll watch him free on Friday nights. I don't have to. Well, it's it's it. not it's our version of free. It is HBO. Someone's paying for it somewhere, right? It's so that's <laughs> what they want. They want experiences like that. Remember that time that the six of us got together and we went to Vegas and threw away three thousand dollars for a weekend. Remember that? And well, that's totally. And there are also obviously some older people that would rather do that, but I don't want that. I want a couch for three thousand dollars that I'm going to own for ten years. You're gay. That's true. <laughs> yeah, when you were talking about the people that they rent furniture, my mind went off like, those are some gay guys that I'm not joined. Because <laughs> that is a good business plan. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, different strokes for different folks, and you're right. That well, if your case changed regularly, it would make sense. Yeah. 
But yeah, or if you have no permanence, like you, like I think Lynn mentioned earlier. Well, and as you said, no if you're, you're spending a lot of your working out of your home, it, it's nice to have then a place that you, pardon the expression, curate yourself. That is, you know, things that give you pleasure, right? Yeah. yeah. And only things that give you pleasure. I mean, I you can't tell me, Lynn, because I know you very well, that you don't treasure your home and that it doesn't give you solace and pleasure. It does. It does. It does. I love my home. <laughs> no, I couldn't do this either, but I think it's... I, hey, Mike, we'll, I'll come to D.C. We'll go out I'll for a drink. I'll write you two. Listen. Awesome. <laughs> Talk about your big mouth sister. Things yeah, on we'll just, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mike. Have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. 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 Um, and Bree, writing from Dubai, says, imagine moving internationally three times in f- 15 years. That'd be rough. I can't. No, that'd I'd, be rough. I'd, have, I'd, be, I'd be in the bathroom uh, taking Xanax and, 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 uh, and drinking and uh, Imodium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be very, very stressful. It would kill me. Okay, well, so I'll stop with this thing. But it says, here's how these businesses work. I'm just going to, for those who are interested, uh, you pay a monthly fee, and and you can borrow several things at a time, often for as long as you want. They are mailed with prepaid shipping labels, so you, it's easy to return them. Uh, you can choose new items to rent once the returns are processed. If there's anything you want to keep, you can buy it at a pretty steep discount. Um, and there's drop-off centers now. Listen to this. In New York, where a ton of people do this kind of thing, they some of these places that rent this stuff out have drop-off centers at where you work. Um it says each location is outfitted with a scanner so subscribers can order new merchandise as soon as they deposit their last rental. The drop-off box... Well, you at, aren't, but li- you aren't... Wait a minute, Lynn. The you dro- aren't depositing. You aren't walking in with a couch under your... No, no, no. Um, these are clothes. Oh, this would be clothes. This would be clothes, blenders, um, vacuums, things like that is what they do a lot of. The drop-off box at Goldman Sachs in Manhattan... Um, is just one of the busiest little places imaginable. Um, REI has heavily expanded uh, rentals at their stores. They're totally going in for this so that if you're going camping, but you might not like, you know, you can rent stuff and not... Well, that makes sense. But that makes sense because what you've got is, you know, let's say you want to do a camping trip once. Well, you Why don't do you know. want to have to right. own everything at, right, to do right. it once? Well, okay. Here, I just want to say that here are some brands that now offer subscriptions. Here's one you like, Susan. Vince now has a subscription service. Um, Vince? Well, Vince. they should, but I don't. Uh, they every I don't see it. Well. That's I'm fine. just telling you, you can rent some Vince crap. <laughs> Rebecca Taylor, American Eagle, Express, Ann Taylor, Urban Outfitters, all of these places now are because they go where the where the action is, and they've got new new 
uh, different kinds of consumers coming up. So this is not your 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 dad's rent-a-center. It's a totally different business model. Just saying. I like the idea of things like renting. You can rent like a certain appliance or something. Why buy? That makes that makes sense for the number of times that the most most people would use, for example, a you know a, a big expensive uh, KitchenAid. Uh, um, uh, professional strength mixer, which might cost you $500 with all the attachments. It's a step up from the regular one. But if you want to make a hearty bread, that's what you need. Um, I would have rented it before I bought it to find out if I w- how often I was actually going to make that bread. Yeah. So you know, before I bef- before I invest in owning it myself, you know, b- because I do have a lot. I was a major cook, and I've got a lot of very expensive equipment, which now I just have to cart around with me, and I take out maybe once a year. There you go. So, I like the idea of. But di- there was a time when it would have made when it made sense for me to own them because I cook yeah, all the time. Yeah, but I love the idea of sort of divesting uh, myself of stuff. I do, and sometimes that's just so to makes room so that you can then buy more stuff. <laughs> If you get to sl- slide back into your consumer. Well, I, I have to say that after purging my closet um, about four times uh, and thinking each time, whoa, and then going back and seeing it was still just totally full. full. So, oh. you know, another later I go in and I purge again and I go in. It's, it's still totally full. And, I, and, it, and, in my, and in my defense, I have to say, I mean, I've lived a long time and I just never – throw anything away so it was 60 years worth of clothes um and uh i'm still i walked in there last night and i did another huge purge before i went away for the winter and i took out at least eight huge bags of clothes out of that thing uh destined for various places and people and uh it's full again (laughs) I guess I just make more space between the hangers, but every no, time I go in, it don't. And that's what keeps, we have been programmed. I mean, this is what keeps our economy running, right? Uh, yeah. We, we buy and, thro- and we, we waste, we buy, we buy, we waste, we waste, we throw out, we discard, we buy. Hey. I, you can't wear that jacket this year. The shoulders are wrong. And if you take it out in 10 years, because those shoulders are back, it still looks wrong. <laughs> right. That's how we've been programmed. And I'm just, you know, it took me about, I don't know, close to 68 years to figure out that I don't particularly want to do that anymore. Oh, I'm tired yeah. of buying black pants. How many yeah. pairs of black pants does any woman want to buy? I actually did, I have to admit, make a pile of black pants to give away. That's uh, right. It was like eight of them. Um, and I was, I was uh, on my vacation, found myself trying on more black pants, and I actually said to myself, what the <laughs> F are you doing? How many pairs of black pants do you need? And I'm so exactly. proud. I walked out. I, did. <clears throat> I walked out. And then when I got home, I threw away about six or seven of them. And it, just makes, it makes no sense. <clears throat> Okay, enough. Enough of our. Well, I'm just saying it's that that is when that that is a. 
I call that the black pants moment. It's a switch that goes off, and your buying habits change after that. Well, we'll see. We'll see. So well, I, I'm I'm still me, but I'm a I'm I'm a far more I'm I it's it's shifted. Believe me. <laughs> I don't like seeing headlines like this on page three of the Wall Street Journal, but here we were, guys. Big above the fold uh, headline for all the world to see. Pittsburgh Air put at risk again, guys. I, Susan, are you aware of how foul the air I breathe is here? Uh, you know, well, yes, I am because it's made you ill. Yes, it's definitely. I've definitely gotten adult uh, yeah, it's, asthma. It's making me think we need to get you out of there. Well, actually. it's too late. No, the damage is done. My lungs have been messed up by living here. Um, and I'm hardly alone. More people die here of um, unnecessarily because of the crap we breathe. And the crap is coming from very specific sources. Uh, one of which is this plant that managed to catch, have a fire in it again. It's, it's over 100 years old. It's a Coke plant, not the Coke you drink, but the Coke, I know, I know. The Coke that is required oh, to make steel. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is U.S. steel. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm, they're killing people. You're killing people. Just because, you know, Pittsburgh used to be uh, visibly polluted. And, uh, you know, the streetlights would come on at noon because it was so dark. I mean, people would wear, have to, you know, their white clothes were black. The buildings were all black. It was just constant soot and blackness here. And so when they cleaned that up, the people, I mean, this was considered, this was called the Pittsburgh Renaissance. And we became this sparkling, beautiful city. But the ugly truth is, the pollution is still there in a different form. It's small particulate pollution, which we breathe in and out consistently here. And, you know, there's many days here where they say, Elderly and children and people with respiratory disease should not go out. Well, I'm two of those three categories. I'm two of what yeah. I'm supposed to not go out and breathe. I'm not supposed to open my windows. Or you gotta you gotta wear one of those masks, and Un- it's gotta be a rated mask. Unbelievable. So yesterday, the Allegheny County Health Department uh, has said. Uh, again, that those of us with respiratory problems uh, should be aware. <laughs> okay, so I won't breathe today. Thank well, you yeah, very much. Yeah, that I happened in St. Louis all the time. They, you know, because of uh, the humidity that, and and then it's an industrial city as well that it would just hold all that air in. And then there were frequently don't go outside days, and you're just going what. <laughs> What's wrong with this picture? Yeah. Well, and they wonder why, you know, we, we, we tell it. 
these lies we tell ourselves about Pittsburgh being this revitalized, amazing city that gets all of this attention for all these positive things. Yeah, there's tr that's true. And then on the other hand, we are the oldest, whitest uh, city, uh, major city in the country, I, I guess. I think pretty much so. We immigrants don't even want to come here. We are one of the most segregated uh, cities. Uh, black folks well, don't want to be There's an awful lot of here. cities, Chicago and St. Louis. Well, they all I mean, no, are just certainly every bit as segregated. Well, You're I don't just know. an American city. I don't you, know. Here, let's be, let's no, be no, truthful. No, you let's... are just an American city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. And wait, we... wait, wait, Susan. Black people will tell you that this particular city is worse than a lot of others a lot of others there's no major well, upwardly mobile uh black there's it's it's different here it is different here and you know there's two cities i'm thinking of that i know are different and both about the same size and it's really a lousy place to be a black person and that's pittsburgh pennsylvania and milwaukee wisconsin and st louis missouri okay so, I want to talk... And, by the way, Chicago, Illinois. Boy, you ain't given an inch today. Okay. All right. No, but Chicago doesn't make headlines. Yes. St. Louis doesn't make... I mean, but they, there's you know, a different... Saying... Susan, Chicago has a black lesbian mayor. That ain't happening here. It ain't happening in Milwaukee. There is a different kind of where blacks can't even get to the table in some of these cities. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Pitiful. So I keep reading things about Americans not being able to afford insulin or get insulin. Caravans now of Americans crossing a border to their north, going into Canada to purchase insulin over the counter there that at, you know, prices that are eye-popping to any American, diabetic. This... Here's the thing. How can it be legal in the United States to take a disease, which I'd say 10 years ago was the, all, the, all the talk that you ever heard about diabetes was, we're pretty close. We're going to get this thing to the point where, you know, we just fix it. And now we've taken diabetes and we've made it a death sentence again, not because there's any real problem, just because we've allowed pharmaceutical companies to charge whatever they want for it. We used to have monopoly laws in place. Now they've been overruled by patents. I, exactly what I want to point out. Our health, health, our health is suffering in this country because we do not regulate um, anything. I mean, from U.S. Steel being able to poison generations here to uh, pharmaceutical companies being able to run roughshod over desperate people. What they're seeing is monop the drugs in this country are increasingly uh, monopolies so that you have, there's only one company in America uh, pretty much that controls all the syringes 
Did you know that one friggin' company? Yeah. So I was thinking, yeah. if you if you have all the syringes, what do you think the price of a syringe might be? Three companies, three companies control eighty six percent of the market for those IV solutions that you go into a hospital, you're hooked up to an IV machine, blah, 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 you're getting a solution. There are only three companies that sell that stuff and you can bet they're in cahoots, you know, or, you know, wink and nods at keeping the price um, high. Only two companies. Right. right. Susan, right. two like companies. Every gas station doesn't re- raise the price at the same time right. every week, but there's right. no price. Oh, but there's no, 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 of course, no collusion. So 92% of dialysis clinics are owned by just two companies. So you know how many people are in dialysis now talking about and yeah. you think they're getting a reasonable uh, price for that life-saving uh, treatment. And on and on and on and on and on. And this country is so fucked up. You don't even know where to start. And we haven't even talked about, you know, the clown who's going to be in Orlando tonight. We haven't... Or, or the fact that we, you know we're we're frighteningly close to a, another war in the Middle East. Doesn't you know? I to me that that nobody you know goes back to his October twenty second uh, twenty twelve tweet in which he says, "Watch out, Obama just might pick a war with Iran to win re-election." <laughs> I don't think a war yeah. with Iran would uh, win him re-election. I don't think the populace is... This doesn't matter whether it makes any sense or not. I'm just telling you that how, how, how we have a group of, of feckless people in Congress that just... Uh, I, you know, McConnell is worse than Trump. No, feckless is a nice word because McConnell is more evil, certainly, than Donald Trump. Donald Trump is just a sick, pathetic, uh, vacuous human being. Sick, Uh, pathetic, not very bright human being who happened to have a lot of money. Mitch McConnell knows exactly what he's doing. And he is without a doubt, more evil and perhaps more destructive. I don't know. And his vile wife, the two of them, and I mean, what's been uncovered? The two about of them, <clears throat> busily, busily lining their pockets in cahoots. Talk about a marriage of mutual greed. Oh. And well, she's from one of the wealthiest families in China. Like, they need more money? Well, that's not stopping her from self-dealing. Unbelievable. Ah. Anyway. See? Anywhere you look, there, there is an example in this country of regular people not doing well and a handful of people in power just openly 
mm-hmm. openly torturing, stealing, raping the country for their personal greed and pleasure. You can't even put it any other way anymore. I mean, you pick up the paper this morning, and is Paul Manafort going to Rikers? Rikers? Oh, no. no. Somebody from the Justice Department calls up and says, oh, no, not Paulie. He's got to stay in federal detention. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's amazing. They're, oh, it's it, just openly I mean, it's, corrupt. They, openly corrupt. They don't care. Who knows it? They know no one can do anything about it. And if this country doesn't stand up and throw the whole pack of them out, uh, shame on us. Because they are open, notorious crooks, every single one of them. How we can allow any of these people, I mean, any pharmaceutical CEO should be in jail, period. I didn't know we had a caller. Have they? Oh, they just called? Okay. Sorry, Suze. Um, I'm sorry. You let, that's fine. No, we have a caller. Hello. How you doing? Oh, I'm Hunky okay. Dory. How are you? Good. Hey, on this uh, election, you heard this uh, one Democrat. Well, he is a per- doesn't have a chance in hell to become the nominee, but he says socialism isn't the answer you know, to our problems. We have socialism in this country. We have different programs. The VA is a social program, if you think about it. There's a lot of social problems. So say it's not the answer, maybe not total socialism, but just the dumb things Democrats say, we have social programs here. We have socialism. It's already here. We just don't have full, you know, nobody's asking for that. They're just asking for social programs to help the people that need it. That's all they're asking for. Socialism is is one of those words that the Republicans and the right use as, you know, it's it's like it's no different than like libtard and all of that. Socialism is you call something socialism and it's it's something to be feared and uh, and and run from. You know, somebody said right, they just substitute they substituted it for communism. communism. Like, and now it's socialism. Of course, Social Security, um, you know, any um, Medicare, any of anything that we've put together as a program that normalizes, you know, across a people to make sure that everybody's got a basic safety net. That, yeah, you betcha. That's socialism. Yeah. Well, that was okay. Hickenlooper who said it, and and he's worried, oh, yeah. and understandably, that the Republican, you know, smearing uh, and use of the word socialism, <laughs> and the way that a lot of other Democratic candidates are throwing it around like it's a, like it's a good idea. That you know, unless we de- Democrats define our terms better, uh, we're going to get played over and over by uh, by the other side that uses words much better than we do. Um, right. I I don't know. So hey, thanks. Did he hung he hung up anyway? I thought so. You must have hung up. Yeah. Okay. But here's I, uh, wait. Yeah. I want to say just to, thank you, Milton, for coming to my aid here. Milton, who lives in uh, Columbus, Ohio, uh, but I believe uh, grew up here in Pittsburgh, and is black, says this: Pittsburgh is the only city I know of that has no black middle class, or even the prospect of a black middle class. That does not mean that there are no successful blacks in Pittsburgh, 
My brother's a doctor, he says. My sister's a nurse educator, and they both live comfortable lives. But there are no black clubs. There are very few black middle managers in any industry in Pittsburgh. Save a few blocks in Stanton Heights, there's no enclave of black middle class housing or black neighborhoods. I'd have to disagree with Susan. While other American cities definitely have disparity among the races, I can think of nowhere that the disparity is as pronounced as Pittsburgh. And he lived it. He knows it. I'm reading a book now well, by, listen, by Damon Young. Not, I, I, Pittsburgh I, is I'm unique. I'm certainly not going to substitute my, you know, my outside experience for his inside experience. I yield. Okay. You know. But I, I would say, uh, Milton, if you spend any time in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you will find something maybe <clears throat> worse. Maybe worse. I'm not sure. But maybe. It's, it's appalling. Uh, yeah. And where did I see that the, um, of the seven-county area that we think of as western Pennsylvania... It is 87% white. That's pretty, we are so white here, it's incredible. And it's part of the problem. And you can bet 87% white with most of the non-white right here in the small little core of Pittsburgh. Um, it's just Whiteville. It's why it's Trumpville as well. So, just saying. I've been reading uh, Damon Young's book, uh, What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Blacker. And Susan Damon right. Young is a Pittsburgher who um, is an ex- just great writer and thinker. And, and boy, his memoir of growing up here is, <laughs> is eye-opening. He grew up in the same part of the town I live in. And it just shows how people can live in the exact same physical environment, essentially, or a few blocks apart, and have a totally different experience. It's just amazing. So, I don't know. Where are we going? What am I going to talk about? I have no idea. All right, let's talk. Okay, I don't want to, but let's because this really upset the hell out of me. Do you remember about maybe a month ago, six weeks ago, uh, what led to the leave-taking of the lovely head of the Department of Homeland Security? What's her name? Uh, What was her name? Uh, Nielsen. It started with... Nielsen. Kirsten Nielsen or something like that. and and also one of her deputies, maybe the head of vice, I'm not sure. But they refused to carry out a program that Stephen Miller right, and Trump Right, they refused had, to be as awful as required, right. Right, and which is amazing because they're plenty awful. But right. refused this thing where they intended uh, to... It, I remember when we heard about it, we were just stunned that they were going to round up, have this massive roundup, the Trump administration was, of undocumented uh, immigrants in this country 
families, children, and this was going to happen in various cities at the same time. All of these ICE officials, local cops were going to be banging on doors, taking people out. And even she and uh, the ICE director at the time said, uh, uh, and it's not like they were necessarily, uh, you know, morally outraged. They were worried about the optics. You know, this is not going to look good. It's not going to look good. And also, are you sure we've got this fully prepared? That's going to take an amazing amount of, uh, you know, preparation. I think their grounds really were practical, that they thought that not so much optics, they didn't have the personnel, and they didn't have the facilities to deal with with the people that they were going to round up. Uh Uh-huh. So, Trump tweeted last night, They're going to do it next week. Now, what his tweet said, next week, ICE will begin the process of removing the millions of illegal aliens who have illicitly found their way into the U.S. They will be removed as fast as they come in. And these are mass arrests. He said they're starting next week. And the thing is, by telling everybody that they're going to do this next week, what has he done? He has sent, the, these families are now in a panic. They might be scattering all over the place, right? So if, in fact, he right, wanted to do this. Right, dispersing. He, he has, they were going to do this in Oakland, California, ICE was, about a year ago, right? And the mayor there yep. alerted the people of Oakland, hey, ICE is coming to get you. And they all sort of ran, and ICE went nuts, and the White House went nuts and said she should be charged with God knows what. Right, they were going to arrest her. Right, 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 right. right. Do you you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. So so our president just did the same thing. But here's the thing. Hey, don't let me tell anybody, but we're going to come and arrest everybody we can find sometime in the next week. I mean, what would you do? I'd pack up my goods and I'd go and find some place and I'd hide out for a week. You're, you're breaking up a little. Did you move? No. Hmm. Okay. Huh? Yeah, you're. you're, you're it sounds like you're gargling when you're talking. That you sounded that way to me when we started. Would you like me to call back? No, it's too. I mean, forget it. There's just ten minutes left. You sounded okay there. Anyway, so here's the thing: what they're planning, and if they do do this, that means they're going to head into people's apartments and homes, and they're going to grab whoever's there. Now, if a lot of these families, the parents are immigrants, the children are Americans. Right. So they're, and these could be young children. They're going to be pulling parents and children apart. They are going to be, a child could be somewhere visiting somebody someplace, come home, and the rest of their family is gone it's this kind of, I mean, this is like Nazi Gestapo shit. Well, you know, not to mention that we have been, we have been deporting veterans. Yes. 
who under our who under our own rules are to get special treatment. And I think the collective response from ICE was, "Oh, it's amazing. We, we didn't know that. They're all gone now." Somebody, yeah, imagine that. Somebody fights, gets oh. wounded, puts their life on the line for this country, and here we thank them by when they get home. We grab them, handcuff them. And throw them out. And throw them out. So we are vile. This country right now is about as vile as they come. It really is disgusting. We don't even have places to keep these people anymore. And we're not, I don't know. I don't know. You know, the, the people of Hong Kong who filled the streets there um, over the last week, my understanding is, is it would be equivalent in terms of their population to as many as 50 million Americans in the streets. So and this should be, by the way. That's right. So this gives you a sense of how people who want to take on their government behave. They get up and they go into the streets. 50 million. America has never come anywhere near that. Anywhere near that kind of display of our strength, our disgust, our refusal to sit by. What's all that famous stuff? The only way for evil to triumph is for good men men to do do nothing. nothing. There is so much happening in this country right now that is against everything we claim to stand for. And a lot of us feel that that is something we have always aspired to, living up to our narrative, that we've worked throughout our history to get better, not worse. And we're on such a down, such a, such a trajectory downward now for us not to be in the streets by the millions knowing our history knowing what happened in germany and where it led what are we thinking i'm just filled with such shame i really am. yeah yeah well it's not us that's what we're thinking well, and then there's about four. Then then there's a bunch of people in the country who are going serves them right. Fine. The only way that evil triumphs that's is for he's doing it. good people to do nothing, and that's what we're doing. Nothing. Well, yeah. What we should be doing is opening up our homes and saying, "Come here, come here. They won't look for you here." All righty, uh, we have a caller. Hello? Hello, this is Kurt from Swissvale. Hi, Kurt. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? Grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm just thinking with these mass, torpa- mass deportations we're going to do of the phrase jackbooted thugs, which I guess is still ice. 
Yeah. But yeah. Uh, when, when it was Elon the Cuban, they were the Republicans called him Jack Booted Tugs because we were sending this poor boy whose mother died, bringing him to American freedom, and we were daring to deport him because his father wanted him back in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now, mm-hmm. now, all of a sudden, these immigrants are horrible people, and coming to America to secure freedom and all the benefits of the country is a bad thing. Right. Right. We get people that won't walk six blocks to vote, but we get people that are willing to walk a thousand miles to get here, and they're not good enough. Isn't it something? <laughs> I mean, isn't it just something incredible? Hey, can I can I check and see if Susan agrees with me on Morehouse? Oh, sure. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think about all the, the times that uh, wealthy benefactors were given money to make uh, oh yeah free and. And NYU is free or paid off their loans, so it's nothing unusual anymore, right? People are doing it all the time now. Mm-hmm. Right. But sure. this time around, there was a lot of criticism. There was, uh, at least in the Post-Gazette editorial, there was this notion that maybe we shouldn't do that. It teaches these kids the wrong lesson, and maybe they shouldn't have gone into debt in the first place. And Or what about all the kids that didn't get it? That's the one that got me. Don't be generous because you can't be generous enough. Well, but yeah. Well, but this editorial, but I, I just, Susan, in the local paper was saying all of a sudden, oh, so these kids are going to get the wrong lesson that, you know, yeah, you can learn, go into debt. Someone will bail you out. We really, ought to, we really ought to make them pay this debt back because that's the right thing to do. And it just smacked to me the fact that the first time anybody brought this up and that we know what's best for the kids and that really. Uh, you know, we need to take care of them and make sure they learn the right lessons, but we don't want to give them too much. Just smacked of, like, uh, a little racism. A little yeah. bit of racism there because they were black kids. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay because white kids clearly don't need to learn any lessons. No, you can. No, no one said that but, when but, they but did it at NYU. Do. Or at Columbia. Yeah. No one said it. They no. do it at Morehouse, and all of a sudden it's, oh, well. Yeah, don't want and let me and let me assure you that the bulk of student debt is held by white kids. Well, by virtue of their numbers, without a doubt. By virtue of their numbers, right? So you know. So no, I absolutely um, agree with with that. Well, the other thing I think. think do you, can you imagine what it feels right. like though to be? I mean, let's say you graduated from Morehouse the year before. <laughs> and you are saddled with $80,000 in debt. I mean, it does seem like a cruel twist of Well, fate. he did ask people to to show up, you know, that he wasn't the only one that could do that and that this needed to, uh, you know, and everybody needed to pay it forward. But, you know, do you, do you begrudge the guy that wins the lottery? No, I, I worry because, for the guy. You who know, wins because this class got lucky. Everybody else isn't entitled to, you know, yeah, yeah, go yeah. and cry and say, I got it. It's unlucky. also, though, this is not the way. This is a typical. To solve a problem. This is a, a typical way we solve problems now. Right. In other words, we don't. We expect, you know, well, we. But, I, I, this is, I don't know. But yeah, maybe you can't. the way it works is enough people do this that there's a, uh, enough wealthy folks do this that there is enough resentment of the fact that some people are getting their education for free that we actually pass some laws to make it free for everybody. Exactly. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, maybe enough, we, maybe in this country, <laughs> right? Maybe we have to start looking at why things don't work here, 
and and why people used to be able to go to college and now they can't afford it. You know, why it costs $2,500 a year when I went and now that's uh, $25,000 to $30,000 a year at the same school. Yeah. It all comes down to the same thing always in this country. Greed. Someone's making money. Greed. Someone's making money out of putting people in debt. Really? Because I'll tell you something. Colleges could take their endowments. They could take a school like Washington University in St. Louis could take a teeny little portion of its endowment it, and wipe out the student that is debt correct. of all of it. So could Harvard. So could Princeton. So could Yale. All of these places, which is why I get so angry when people give money to these universities. Do yeah, do not give not. money to your schools. God. Anyway, we're done. They, you we're, had we're, a contract wait. with the school, and half of you went into debt to pay off that contract, and then they come out and say, you owe us something. Yeah. Uh, no. Hey. You, you taught me in law school that I was supposed to pay you for this. You would offer this service. I paid. You gave the service. We're done. All right. Are we done? Uh, there's been a lot of bilious uh, yeah, stuff uh, emanating from, I know me, a bit from Susan. Kurt, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. It All right. Goodbye, so I hung on. <laughs> <laughs> right. but we're, we're rude today. We might not say goodbye. Yeah, you know? we're, we're done. <laughs> we're done. It's over. Okay? Thank okay. you for the call, Bye. Kurt. Appreciate Thanks for it. calling, Bye. Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. I'll take my biliousness and depart. Thank you, Susan. Okay. You're welcome. Okay. I'm going I'm going to bed. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. Goodbye. Sounds like a good idea to me. I'm pulling the covers over my head. Okay. Bye. Bye. I would if I could. Okay, guys. Uh see you tomorrow. Hope to be in a slightly better frame of mind. I do. Bye. Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.